And when you're in deep in a, in a business with somebody, there are going to be tough times and tough conversations to have. But at the end of the day, if there's honor and, and love and respect, and it, it's, that'll get you through. Thank you for joining us again today. I hope that you will subscribe to the show, hit the like button, and you're going to learn a lot again today from Tate Seamer. Let's talk about the team structure and what that looks like and how it started to scale and snowball. And, and uh, But why is structure important and, you know, how, and managing a team? And how did you do that? Yeah, you bet. You know, I, I have a few different thoughts about team and team structure. And especially when you're starting out, my encouragement would be that unless you have somebody that you've worked with a lot and know very, very well, and ideally have worked with in real estate, I don't recommend getting married to a partner in the sense that you're doing every deal together, you're doing all the marketing together, all that stuff, right? Those relationships can develop and do develop and they're great when they work. And at the same time, if you rush into one and it's not vetted, the relationship isn't really well vetted, you're risking things going sideways or or not going very well at times. And so my encouragement to people is, you know, partner with others on a deal by deal basis. And I think that that gives you a lot of advantages. Number one, you're getting to know them on a business level pretty intimately, and you're getting to know how they communicate, how they do things. And ultimately, you're determining whether or not you might do business with them in the future. We've got partners that we've done business with that love to work with again. And we've got a few that we love them and we're glad they they partner with us, but probably won't do deals with them again. That just is what it is. It's It's not anything personal. But one of the first things that I coach people to do is to go out and start making those partner connections, like find people that want to do deals, particularly high net worth individuals that may want to sponsor a deal. Like that's usually a piece that most people don't have when they get started. And so quick side note, the way that we found our sponsor, who's our KP, our key principal, that's not on our core team, but he does almost every deal with us is we went out and found the biggest, baddest apartment investor in Salt Lake City. And we bought this little 20 unit. We asked him to be on the GP with us for no other reason other than to advise us and kind of look over our shoulder and and make sure we weren't making mistakes. And it was the smartest thing we've ever done. He eventually actually invested some money in that deal. He's been our key principal, our main bank loan signer, essentially on at least five deals, if not six now. He's a good friend. He's We love working with him and he's enabled us to do all this stuff that we otherwise never would have been able to do. So again, it started with going out and getting a deal, right? That had legs, that had returns, et cetera upside. And then once you have that, that's something that's like, you can go out and and leverage with relationships to start partner relationships. And if you're always in the mindset of like the long game, right? Like this is a, a long relationship, whether or not this particular deal gets done, isn't nearly as important as whether or not this relationship gets started and, and off on a good foot. So if you have that in mind, it's hard to go wrong and you will find key people out there, key principals and, and other type sponsors, deal finders, capital raisers, and you know other type sponsors that are going to really move your business along. Yeah. I think that's some wild advice, uh, you know, I partner on a deal by deal basis. I think you move faster when you're willing to partner. 
especially doing large deals like this. It's a partnership business. Uh, I mean, it is, uh, but it doesn't have to be a permanent partnership, right? And oftentimes it is better to do that deal by deal. Maybe it does work out, you know, and it's a permanent partnership or, or maybe it is still deal by deal, but it's long-term, you know, one way or another. Uh, there's different ways to look at it and think about it, no doubt about it. But so much due diligence needs to be done on that partner, right? Uh, before you move forward, even on a deal by deal basis. So I just encourage uh, that as well. I appreciate that. What about, you know, your, your company structure now? Like, what is your your team look like? Your, your power team now? Uh, dive in a little more to that. Sure. So I have two partners at Greenlight. Uh, Carl York, I mentioned earlier, he was my first boss when I moved here in 99. He owned the photography operation at Snowbird Ski Resort. And uh, you're a skier, aren't you, Whitney? For some reason, I have it in my head that you're a skier. I'm not. Okay. My, Sam, my business partner is, is a big skier, whole family, but uh, no, but he lives in Colorado. So that makes sense, right? Yeah. For some reason, I had it in my head that you were a skier. But anyway, Carl, he and I have been working in real estate together for uh, 11 years. And he's my best friend, just a massive amount of trust and integrity in our relationship. And we kind of feed off each other, honestly. That's not to say we don't have tough times and occasional moments of discord and whatnot, but uh, I think that's the case in any real relationship. And when you're in deep in a, in a business with somebody, there are going to be tough times and tough conversations to have. But at the end of the day, if there's honor and, and love and respect, and it, it's that'll get you through. So Carl and I have proven that. And then our third partner is Chelsea Garber, who I met at the Dealmaker Live conference. We can talk you know, for a long time about the value of these conferences, but we met in, in 2019 at Dealmaker Live and stayed in touch. And she ended up moving out from New York to, to Utah where I live. And we started working on deals together. And pretty soon we realized that it was a good fit. That was a good fit with Carl and good fit with me. And so she joined the team and she's our director of acquisitions. I'm CEO, captain of the ship. And she and I handle underwriting together and doing the initial due diligence on a deal. Before you write an LOI, we write LOIs. We do a fair amount of marketing stuff together. And then Carl's really our tactician. He's like kind of behind the scenes on just about everything from paying bills to dealing with investors and getting PREF payments out and getting newsletters out and really does all the things that are kind of in the weeds that I don't excel at. And Chelsea doesn't excel at. Chelsea and I are both kind of big picture leading from the front kind of you know visionary type people. And Carl really empowers us to do that by doing all the things that he takes care of. So it's a great team. I don't anticipate that we'll be adding partners ever necessarily. I guess never say never, but we're pretty complete, I think, as we are. We do have an executive assistant that lives in Mexico. He's British, but he lives in Mexico and he's relatively new to the team. He's really kind of the whole team's executive assistant. He's not designated to just one of us. So we're getting him lots of things to do. And yeah, so that's really the team. I mentioned Tim Walkie earlier, the key principal that does most deals with us. He's really the first rung of our power team. And then from there, it's our, you know, we have a great lender that we work with that we love. We've got great property managers that we love. We didn't always love our property managers, but we do now. You know, your attorneys are part of your power team. We deal with them quite a bit and they're really key. Interesting, like to have the executive assistance that's like shared amongst, you know, the team. Uh, that could, I could see that being very helpful uh, until until they're too busy, maybe, you know, and then you need more, right? Or, or more individual help. But, or when did you hire the first person? When did you bring that first person on as a partner or employee? 
uh, you know, when did you know that was time to do that or how did you do it? Well, I guess you could say Chelsea was kind of our first uh, addition and we brought her in just as we were starting our 20 unit, which was just before we started acquiring the big properties in 2021. And I guess you could say we knew it was time because it just, it kind of felt right. Like we knew we were getting stuff under contract and we all, all three of us had a very similar vision for uh, what we were trying to do. And we hired her to do it, some design work for us on our one property. She owns a design, a multifamily design firm, actually. Just felt very positive about her. And she was all in. And luckily, it's gone well. You just never know, like in that situation, how, how it's going to really go. And luckily, it's gone really, really well. I'd say, if anything, we're tighter as a team than we've ever been. One side note, Whitney, is earlier in the year, I wrote a vivid vision at the kind of the instruction of the book, Vivid Vision by Cameron Harold. And that has been a game changer for us as CEO. You know, typically, the CEO will write the vivid vision for the rest of the company. And, and that's what I did. It's basically a vision that describes what's going to happen within our company over the next three years from goals, metrics, to culture, to office, to our investors, uh, how we're impacting the lives of residents and investors, all that stuff's in there. It's like a five-page PDF that we have. And I'm happy to share that with anybody, by the way. That was heavily contributed to by Carl and Chelsea, and, and I have full buy-in from them on all of it. But it's it's something, kind of like the credibility kit, I think, is is really a uh, just a game changer. I really recommend the book. Yeah, I appreciate the book recommendation as well. Uh, I think that, that helps to think through those things and document those things, right? I started journaling again recently. I've done it years in the past and it's been so fruitful. Then I've got out of the habit and I've started it again. I thought, man, you know, why, why did I quit doing it? But one of the, one of the first things is like the specific journal I asked is like, paint that picture 10 years from now, you know, you're like ideal future, right? What does that look like? And, and it made me think a lot about that, right? I haven't really sat down and thought about that a whole lot over the last bit, uh, but uh, take that vision in. What does that look like? Write it down. And then I start thinking about it over the next day or two, right? Uh, and so, you know, then I start adding things to it or uh, then breaking down how, how we're going to get there. But if you don't have that vision, uh, it's, it's hard to make a plan to get there, right? So appreciate the book recommendation, even how the team has grown uh, and what that looks like. Uh, but what's been some, some challenges you've faced when uh, scaling like this? You know, obviously, it's a lot of deals in uh, a short period of time uh, for most, uh, for sure. I mean, so you know, what, what's been some challenges that you faced maybe that weren't ex- uh, expected? Yeah, you bet. I would say the biggest challenge that we've faced is dealing with the implications of owning and managing out of state. And it's something that can be done very, very well and very effectively. And I think we've got it pretty well dialed in now, but we just flat out picked a bad property manager in in Oklahoma City, just to be real. And of course, I'm not going to say who it was or is, but we got hurt pretty badly by that choice. And the course of one of our three properties there, we went through, I think, six or seven different on-site managers in about eight months. And this was already a very distressed property that needed continuity, needed TLC. And we got none of that from who we had hired to do that work for us and put our business plan behind probably six months at least. And it hurt. And it, it really drove home the importance of getting that property management piece right. If you do that, if you get it right and get the right property manager into that property for you, it's going to be night the night and day difference between 
success and failure is, is going to be there. And so that's so key. I can't emphasize that enough. I'm sure you can relate with me and having to make a pivot on half our portfolio uh, midstream was very challenging, probably the most challenging thing that we face. So you want to get referrals on PMs. You want to go see their properties. You want to talk to their residents. You want to talk to their employees. You want to get their track record. You want to see their website. like, And you want to make sure that everything that you hear and see aligns with what you see is necessary for your property. Great advice right there. No doubt that's a hard lesson. That is so difficult, uh, making that transition. And uh, even as we record this, uh, we just started to launch our own management company and it took over three quarters of our projects uh, as of Monday of this week. So, you know, it's been a massive undertaking, but man, you know, there's been some key things there that helped that to go smoother than expected. But However, I, I want to, so what's your all's plan for managing now? What, what did you all, what, maybe some lessons learned that you shared, you, know, you shared therein, get referrals, talk to employees, go see their properties, right? It's so crucial, right? Go see their, go secret shop their properties. Uh, I, I mean, right. And so you're talking to those employees and they don't even know that you're who you are, right? You're a potential tenant in their eyes. It changes things a lot. Uh, and so what's your all's plan moving forward with management or, or from what you learned there? Basically, I want to say the answer is just choose the right property manager. And there's a lot to that, right? Like there's nothing that takes place of making that the smartest choice you can make. But once you have the right property manager in there, you got to manage them and you got to really manage them. And so we have weekly property management meetings where we go in depth into a KPI tracker. That's a spreadsheet that we have them use and fill out uh, that tracks all of the metrics for you know vacancies, rentals, turnovers, make readies, et cetera. And so we, we just are very, very hands-on with our property managers. And luckily now we're in a situation where we really love our property managers. They are excited about what we're doing and are really on board. We've got great on-site people. So a lot of it is like the who, not how, right? Like picking the right PM to go do the work that they know how to do that maybe you don't even know how to do because a good property manager has been doing this for a long time and you probably haven't. So I really see it as a who, not how situation. Tate, I feel like this is like such a great topic uh, to talk about in a moment, especially since, uh, you know, what you've experienced, right? And you've learned a lot through this process, no doubt about it. I almost wanted to back up just a little bit to even ask you a little further. What do you feel like were some of the mistakes when you were doing due diligence on the management company that didn't turn out? Uh, What were some of the things that maybe you didn't do? I know we talked about a few things that you probably wish you had done, but anything else, I just wanted to give you a moment so the listener can hear that as well. Anything else that, you know what, you look back and say, we didn't do that for this company, or or maybe you can share why you all trusted them or felt like you could trust them, uh, but later you learned otherwise. Yeah, it's interesting. This was a firm that also offered brokerage services. And we originally started working with them to be good clients, essentially. Like, well, we started working with them as brokers and we're sourcing deals through them. And eventually we got some good referrals for their property management company. And it just seemed like a, a, nat- a good natural shift to make to, if we're, if we're using these guys as brokers, why, you know, why not have them be our property managers? And they, they, you know, they check out well as far as referrals, but we didn't go look at their other properties. 
studies, you know, we didn't ask for a track record with metrics that were meaningful. Those are two things that I would highly recommend doing. We probably should have just spent some more time with the principal and asked him some tough questions and not just assume that since we were getting along well with his brokers, that that he would be somebody that would stand in integrity with us when the chips were down. So that's what comes to mind, Whitney, off the top of my head. And sometimes you just get really unlucky. I, I'd say you can do a lot of the right things or all even all the right things. And it just kind of doesn't necessarily work out. And I can't say we did all the right things, but I think we got pretty unlucky. And you know, the flip side is you, is these situations help you count your blessings when things are going well and make you really appreciate like who you do have in your corner now that you didn't have before. So that's kind of where we are. Yeah. What I appreciate too, is you all overcame this. You all learned a ton, applied that, you know, obviously moving forward uh, in in a big way and are willing to share about it, you know, and let us learn from your hard knocks as well. Uh, You know, one thing you mentioned earlier too, that I feel like so important is that you have to manage your manager. And I, I know for us, uh, you know, we hired an amazing asset manager. And when, once we brought him on staff, we thought we had a great management company, but then all of a sudden we know a lot more than we've ever known, right? I mean, like this was just his focus, right? Where my business partner and I are doing lots of different things. We, we're trying to do the asset management as well. But man, when somebody was just focused on that, it's amazing, you know, what they could dive into. Once we had this information, then we had to do something about it, right? I mean, we could see inefficiencies then and so many things. And so that we had not seen before or had vision into. And so now it's like, okay, we got to do something about it. So uh, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, no problem. Well, I just first again, Whitney, like, just a complete honor to get to share this time with you. And I think that I've even done enough to have a level of experience that's helpful to people, but I get that it is. And so I feel very blessed and, and thank you. Best way to get in touch with me is through our website, which is investwithgreenlight.com. And again, there's a link to book an appointment with me. That's no strings attached. We brainstorm your business and your career and you know what can help you get to the next level. So I'd love to hear from people really from any source. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day.